Hello, language and culture lovers. This is Jules, your host of the All Things Iceland podcast. Welcome to this week's episode. I had the opportunity to chat with Dr. Gvudmantur A. Gvudmantson, who has a Master's of Science and PhD degree in ecology and is a researcher at the Icelandic Institute of Natural History. During the interview, you will hear me say mumme when I speak to Dr. Gvudmantson. It is a nickname commonly used in Iceland for men with the name Gvudmantur. Some of the topics that I discussed with Mumme during our interview include the fascinating birds that can be found in Iceland, the connection between birds and Icelandic culture, and the best time to see birds migrating to the country. It was an enlightening conversation, and I hope you enjoy listening to it. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss new episodes that I upload every week. If you're listening to this podcast on a platform that allows reviews, please leave a review. Go the skemtun og shaumst fliotlega. Mame, thanks for sitting down with me today to talk about birds in Iceland and kind of getting a giving our audience a better understanding about them as well as about you and your interest in these fascinating creatures, which of many of them have come and gone through Iceland. So just to kind of start off the conversation, I am really interested to know what sparked your interest in studying birds. Well, I have been interested in birds uh, as long as I can remember. Uh, and uh, okay. the reason probably is that I was brought up in a very bird-rich area, mm-hmm. uh, Altanes, which is just in the vicinity of Reykjavik. Okay. Uh, Where the president lives. Yeah, pr- yeah. exactly. Okay. And uh, there is a lot of shoreline there, and I had birds around me all, all year wow. out. So it was, uh, yeah, a lot of birds. And, and uh, they, were, they were close and easy. <laughs> and al- also, my, uh, I've been encouraged by my family. They, they, they have all been, uh, my brothers and sisters and parents, uh, have been interested in, in nature. Okay. and. Uh, so that has been stimulating. Yeah, and, uh, it's like a family activity would be to go and look at birds. Yeah, maybe that could be, could be, yes. Okay, <laughs> and is that a typical thing in Iceland to to go out bird watching? Or does it just happen to be your family was quite interested in these? Well, we, the, the, they, yeah. they were interested in, in, in uh, nature in general. and uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, my, I, I've often been out bird watching with, with my bo- brother. and yeah. So that, that was an encouragement. And, and uh, so... It was just way of <laughs> way of living. Yeah, that's so amazing. I, I started uh, when uh, when I grew older to, to study biology. Okay, mm. but did you know that you wanted to study birds, or was it just study biology and then it, it kind of evolved into that? Yeah, it was maybe more more like a hobby, and in some way it's still a hobby. Yeah, yeah. But even though I'm professionally working with birds. <laughs> I think that's the best case scenario. It can, you, it can yeah. be too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, maybe you should take a break from the birds. It's like, no, I love the birds. (laughs) Fair enough, though. But it's nice to know that at least from you're able to do something that you know gives you enjoyment. Oh, yes. Absolutely. And what is your role then at the Institute of Icelandic Natural History? Uh, Well, I'm a researcher there. Uh, I'm an ecologist by education and Mm -hmm. I've always worked with with birds in my ecological studies. (laughs) Uh, 
my PhD. I did, did that in, in, in Sweden, in, in Lund, and, and uh, I was working with uh, ar high Arctic migrants, mm -hmm. uh, passage birds uh, in Iceland, and uh, which are on the way to, to Greenland and northern Canada. Okay. Uh, so that, that was my, my, my study, and, and uh, at, at the institute, I've been working with uh, uh, some some projects relating to to that field, uh, mm -hmm. with 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 Brent Keys, uh, for example, and mm -hmm. or Brandt is called in America, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, with with some some shorebirds like red knot. Mm. But uh, I've also done other things, like uh, I've been uh, studying. Uh, or estimating population sizes. Uh, I've been working with uh, with uh, geese, uh, uh, surveying them and uh, and, okay. and counting birds in many ways. Yeah. Seabirds, for example. And does that mean that there's a decent amount of time spent outside? Yeah, part of it is is field work to yeah. to uh, some some kind of surveying of, yeah. of the birds. Uh, the last few years, I've, I've been in charge of the Icelandic green scheme. Okay. So, or bird banding scheme. Bird banding scheme. What does that mean? <laughs> uh, well, uh, we 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 take we are responsible for bird uh, or marking birds. Okay. Uh, and and, and uh, bird ringers are, are are working for us. We we supply the rings and okay. and and keep yeah. Uh, we we sort out the data and then we keep mm. keep this in, in. So like tracking of. In some cases, it's tracking, but mostly uh, traditional ringing with met metal or numbered metal rings. Okay, got it. So that, that's the scheme. But, but there is a lot of new methods uh, yeah. being uh, introduced lately, uh, using tracking of uh, uh, satellite tracking, for example. Okay. So and this, do you find that this method is really useful for the types of birds that you're? Yeah, well, you you get uh, a lot of different data you, from 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 satellite tracking or GPS right. tracking. You, okay. you get f details on one in individual. Yeah. Uh, loads of data and and lot, loads of accuracy. But but with with the metal ringing, you you are you are getting information on on on. Uh, Parameters like survival and things mm. like that. So, so you, so you need need both methods really. Has there any but ever been anything interesting? Like, were you going through the research or the data, I should say, while you're doing your research, and you're just like, wow, this was an unexpected find. Yeah, there, there are lots of these uh, happening the last few years because yeah. of new techniques which have been. Mm. It's are being evolved, and and uh, there's, uh, for example, a device called uh, uh, geolocator, mm -hmm. where where you measure the the length of day, yeah, uh, and so you can roughly estimate latitude and longitude from 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 the the timing of sunset and uh, and sunrise. Okay. Interesting. And these devices. You know, in Iceland, that can vary, right? So you might have like. <laughs> You know, sunrise, sunrise, and sunset are like four hours apart <laughs> at some times of the year. So that's yes, going to be interesting yeah. for the birds too. And uh, it's problematic during summer when yeah. you have, have 24 hours of, right. of of light. But so in the Arctic areas, you can't use it. But okay. but for yeah, studying longer movements uh, like uh, mo movement of the Arctic turn from from Iceland to to Antarctica. Right. 
you, you, you can, even though this is not a very exact uh, device, yeah. you, you can track them and you, you mm. can use average uh, locations over periods and see how, how they're moving. And th this is generating uh, loads of interesting data, something we, we, we couldn't dream of a few right. years ago. Okay. So Especially really because the, these instruments are so small and you, you can use them on, on tiny birds. Okay, that's awesome. <laughs> it's nice to hear that there is so much like the technology can do that's great. Because yes. you know, technology has its times where it just makes people kind of dumber actually. <laughs> but, but it's nice to know that it's actually, uh, you know, in many cases, is helping to evolve the process for Absolutely. wildlife and Absolutely. preservation of wildlife. Yes. And I read that there are about, you know, somewhere around 350 species of birds that have been recorded in Iceland. Why is it that so many birds are finding their way to this island? Well, out, out of these, uh, they are actually 300. 90, I think, the, okay. the number of species, but, <laughs> but whatever. Uh, uh, most of them are, are vagrant birds, okay. birds which are, are caught by, by cyclones and, and mm, moved here. The lovely winds uh, <laughs> that pass through Iceland, right? <laughs> and, they, and they are coming both from south or from Europe uh, or, and, and from yeah. west. That must be quite traumatic. Uh, First of all, in a cyclone, right? So, yes, and then yeah. finding your way to Iceland and being like, holy crap. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they are stranded here, uh, possibly, and uh, yeah. unable to get back, at least the small ones. But uh, out of these 390 species, uh, only 75 are regular breeders okay. in Iceland. And, uh, so we're kind of intentional to some degree. Right? Yeah, yeah, well, they, they, they may have been brought here with cyclones as okay. well, but, <laughs> but, but, uh, because we are, we are pretty uh, isolated. But, but uh, anyway, they, most of them are actually migratory. Okay. Uh, but but uh, and th then we have uh, irregular breeders, which are maybe a thirty-five species, additional species okay. that are bred here. We yeah, are not every year, but uh, but uh, also or some even only once, yeah. so uh, that we know. And uh, so that that's hundred and ten breeding birds altogether. And then we have some visitors, uh, like winter visitors from mm -hmm. from the north. And the uh, and, uh, passage migrants, which are, are traveling through Iceland on their way to the Arctic. Okay. And uh, so, so altogether we have maybe yeah, 130 species of regular okay. <laughs> occurrence here. Yeah, which is a huge difference when you think about it. Yeah. Because, I mean, in many places, like you were saying, like there might be 390. Like the, the sources seem to vary, but I think that might be just because we're, they're getting the information. But that is quite fascinating that it's parsed down so much when oh, you yes. think about who is actually coming and then like the interest and where they want to go and hopefully some of these vagrant birds find their way back yeah some we, of we, them <laughs> we have a few examples of that birds that have been ringed in iceland and, yeah. and then later, later found found elsewhere yeah <laughs> uh, but but probably most of them die, uh, die. They, they, yeah, that's uh, sad. but uh, but uh, the, the larger ones are, are capable of correcting yeah. their their paths. paths. Okay, <laughs> and if they're going in a group, does that make it easier? I guess to some degree too. To find their back. Well, maybe, maybe if they're going in a group, it's more likely that they can can establish themselves okay. here here in a new location. Okay, <laughs> immigrants. <laughs> 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 <Yes>. <laughs> and 
the amount, so about 130, those would also nest here if they're the ones who are normally coming. Is that part of the reason why they're yeah, yeah, they're, they're, so out of these 75 breeding or nesting birds yeah. on Iceland, the majority is, is migratory and they go go south mostly okay. to winter, okay. even down to Africa. Interesting. Uh, wow. Most of them to do British Isles or, and, yeah. or France maybe, but, but the, we have long-range migrants as well. Okay. And uh, so... And the, then they come back uh, regularly to, to, to breed here in, in the Icelandic summer. Yeah, <laughs> they, they bring summer with them, right? Yes, <laughs> well, we actually say that the golden plover brings the summer. Okay, <laughs> which I think is pretty, another kind of like helps segue into the next question, which is about is there a connection between birds and Icelandic culture? Mm, yes, well, I, I could say that the well the Icelanders are by tradition fishermen and hunters and and we actually hunt yeah. a lot of birds and some of the these species are traditional dishes yeah, okay. <laughs> so, so in that way the, to that part like the of puffin, the question right? yeah the it? puffin mm -hmm. is uh, summer Bird and uh, regularly caught and uh, in 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 uh, pole nets and 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 then uh, we could mention the rock ptarmigan, which is uh, yeah. uh, the Christmas food for for many. Yeah, I've smelled that stew many a times. <laughs> <laughs> or like or being cooked and then turned into a stew. I guess the bones get turned into a stew later. Yeah. And the puffin, when I saw them in the West Fjords. I was just like, they're so sweet. Like, they're just sitting there, right? Yes. <laughs> and I was like, Puffin, fly away. They're going to kill you. <laughs> but, you know, I guess maybe they're just like, it's well, all part of the cycle of life, right? Yeah. <laughs> so. And we try to have it sustainable. Yeah. And then there's also, well, that's great as well. I think that is an important part. When people hear about it, you know, there's a respect of nature and knowing that you shouldn't over catch the amount of birds. Absolutely. and being respectful of that way so that it can continue on these traditions, but also in a way that makes sense for these birds being able to, you know, add their part to whatever is happening to the environment. So, but there's the, also a bird, um, is it the loa? It yes. brings spring time. Yes, yeah. the, the golden plover. The golden plover. So, okay, so the loa yeah. is also called the golden plover. Yeah. Okay. Well, the, 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 I was yeah. a little bit confused in, about in, that. Yeah. English names. In English, okay, yeah. got it. Okay, so that's when you when I mean, you see that that's that bird coming. That's when you know. Yeah, the, uh, a lot of people wait wait for them. They they, they come in early April okay. uh, and and uh, in flocks. And you, when you hear the singing of the, of the golden yeah. plover, you you know Music to your ears. You, you know spring is <laughs> is here. Yeah. Well, I mean, this year did did people see them during that time of the year and. Because yes, we've been having a really yeah, strange they, rain. Like. They may have been a day or two la uh, later than usual. But, okay. but <laughs> Maybe they were okay. trying to tell us something. They're like, hey, it's going to be a little... Because May was so strange, the weather. At least there was... Um, yeah, yes. What, the windiest May and... The rainiest. Rainiest, there you go. In yeah. 100 years or something really yeah, intense. I think it for, was from... Yeah, it was a record, Icelandic record. Yeah, and the first week of May it snowed. Yes. <laughs> so at least in Reykjavik, so that was kind yeah, of yeah. fascinating. Um, not exactly what I call spring, <laughs> but <laughs> it's a different definition of spring in Iceland, to be fair. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, is there a best season or a specific month or months to go bird watching in Iceland? 
Well, I, I personally favor spring or, or yeah, May for, for bird watching when, okay. when, when all the migrants are coming, the, uh, the hierarchy migrants come here in huge flocks and, and, yeah. and, 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 the, and the breeding birds are coming like Loa, yeah. uh, golden <laughs> plover. Uh, and uh, at that time, all the birds are in their breeding plumage, uh, in their nicest uh, plumage. Nice. And, 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 uh, so there's a lot of activity and, and uh, they, they, are, they are more visible. A month later, they, they are all hiding with, <laughs> with their nests. Okay. <laughs> so. But it must be kind of overwhelming when all the migrants are coming, like even just to observe. Maybe for someone not like you who are uh, quite used to it, but like maybe someone who's coming and for the first time is like, whoa, these birds are coming to Iceland. It must be quite a lot of activity going on. Absolutely, yeah. and uh, yeah, it's uh, amazing to see when they come in flocks of hundreds and yeah. thousands. And, uh, <laughs> are they coming to a specific area of the country? Are you seeing like more than most, or is there? Well, they out? they most of them come from uh, from the southeast. They come okay. from come from the UK and uh, or travel via United Kingdom, and then they come to the southeast part of of uh, Iceland. Okay. Some of them stop directly there, and or other fly along the coast. Both uh, northwards and, and along the south coast. Interesting. Okay. No so, wonder the south coast is so popular. <laughs> it's it's like like a funnel. You, you, right. And and the southern lowlands are, are quite narrow. So if you're stationed at that week, you see almost all the geese coming to Iceland. Wow, that must be pretty cool. Uh, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. And that's not too far from Reykjavik. So I guess if people ever want to check that out, they could go around May time or April. Well, it would be yeah April when yeah. they arrive. Okay. The geese, at least, uh, and yeah, April to mid May. Okay. And so, Vik would be the best area. Well, that, that, that's, that's a very narrow strip of lowland. At least okay. you have have this. Uh, you have Eyjafjallajökull like, yeah. just above. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's a it's a narrow funnel. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Makes sense. And there, I think, at least in Iceland, it's quite obvious the change in terms of like the, how the climate is changing around the world and how that's affecting Iceland. So a lot of birds are coming here and I'm just curious if you're seeing any effect on bird migration, nesting, or any activity based off of climate change. Well, we haven't seen much of it uh, yet, but but uh, yeah, of course, some of the birds are coming earlier than they, they used to, uh, maybe se up to several weeks, okay. so that, that's a lot. Uh, but uh, yeah, the nesting is maybe not as well documented, mm -hmm. but, uh, but sli slight, uh, slightly earlier. Okay. Uh, and this, this is mostly the, the temperate, uh, win uh, the birds wintering in the temperate zone uh, in, in Europe, maybe. Okay. They, they, they are more flexible for these changes. Mm. Uh, Long-range migrants coming from, from Western Africa, uh, maybe they, they, they are not taking the chance, really. They, <laughs> okay. they, they, they stick to their schedule. Okay. And uh, the same applies to, to the Arctic migrants coming here through. They, they come earlier, maybe three weeks earlier than they used to. Okay. But they are not leaving for the Arctic until at this exact same date as they used to do. They, and that, that's because the, it's very risky to go up to, to Greenland or Canada and uh, everything is covered in snow. Mm. So, so they take the optimal time yeah it's about the end of uh, last days of may mm -hmm. to travel there 
and that that hasn't changed at all. Yeah, I I find it really fascinating. This you know intuition, like kind of just understanding, because you're so in touch with nature, obviously being an, a bird, and just being like, well, nope, it's not time to go to Greenland yet, right? Like, it's like and the rest yeah. of us, are, most people, they we have not. Um, been so in touch with how the climate is changing that we need like devices and things like that just to kind of give us a good idea whereas maybe like back in the day with like the farmers for instance right they were so much out in nature that similar to the birds they were just kind of aware of what's happening and what would be best for maybe their crop or for their um livestock or whatever it is Mm. so it's just kind of fascinating natural intuition that animals and people can have if they're yeah this is a very strong selection pressure on 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 you to arrive at the correct time you have a very short breeding period a very narrow window to to do your things (laughs) (laughs) everything takes time you 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 lay eggs and you incubate them and you have to raise the chick and it it has to be ready by the time winter uh, before winter starts right. move back away and the food has to be available for you when you come there so so it's a very yeah exact timing which is needed to to fulfill that and besides the arctic fox there's really not any like predator i guess really in iceland for to harm the birds or yeah well the, 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 there are not many predators now yeah. uh, uh, there are of course some, some a few birds uh, a few raptors mm. you know, but, but uh, yeah predators are, are few yeah. here there is i think there was once when I, we were in yokosalon there was a bird that was going to capture other birds mm-hmm. uh, eggs and it was so sad to watch because yeah. you could see the birds like you know crying or yelling out for help because uh, yes. the um the bird had come down and like taken one of the eggs and it was just, it was really sad. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, well. Could, could have been a great skewer. Or yeah, something like I don't that. remember. Yes, the, yeah. uh, they were talking about it on the bus, like one of the guides. Yes. But it was just like, wow. And there were so many of them around that had been nesting in this area. And all of a sudden, it just heard them come alive, trying to like chase <laughs> after this one bird that had an egg. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, other birds are predators too. And do you have a favorite bird that you like to watch or study? Well, uh, the, my favorite group of birds uh, is probably shorebirds. Okay. And uh, that may have to do with my my youth when I, when I was on the shores at Altanes and, and, and I know them from, from early, early, very early on. And I've do, done a lot of work with, with, with uh, Arctic, high Arctic shorebirds. So, yeah, my favorite bird is probably a red knot or, or sanderling. Okay. <laughs> and they're quite common in Iceland. Yeah, on, on passes. They're, they're, okay. they're, they're, they're not breeding in Iceland, but they're, okay. they, they stop here nice. to, to gain energy for the flight uh, into the Arctic okay. and to, to be able to nest as soon as they get there. Awesome. And are there any birds, we kind of talked about this a little bit before, that when you observed in Iceland that they have like a strange or fascinating habit? Yes, well, uh, actually, when you, when you stu- study birds, you, you, you realize that they, they are all very fascinating. Yeah, okay, they, true, they, okay. they, <laughs> they all have their things. own personalities. <laughs> yeah, personalities or ways of, of living. And, mm-hmm. and what, what maybe fascinates me most is... Uh, is their ability to travel and uh, the, the migration uh, 
thing. <laughs> the, yeah. the the energy behind the, the distances they can fly are incredible, and and their ways of uh, finding or the, the methods they have to find their way to mm -hmm. to navigate from from one continent to another. It's fascinating <laughs> and it's incredible. Yeah, I agree, and I don't know a ton about birds, but. It is fascinating when I hear about their habits because it's just like, wow. I mean, first of all, it sounds like grueling to make these journeys. And then, of course, like intuitively knowing like how to survive and whatever else and all the different pressures that happen is pretty cool. And then just being like like mating practices or whatever, you know, like or like how you attract different ones. I think is interesting or why like a bird might have a specific color or something like that. So. Yes. So we're going to end off, though, with something that is not necessarily bird-related. <laughs> it can be if you want to be. But I'm just curious about what your favorite Icelandic word or phrase is. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, in a typical Icelandic way, I would say, Þetta reddast. Yes, very Icelandic. Which is kind of like, you know, it'll all work out or something like that. It's yeah, well, uh, yeah, it, uh, uh, you, you really don't have to worry about it. We, we, we'll find our way through it. Mm -hmm. uh, Which for well, me, like, I mean, it's, I understand. I like this kind of no worries type of attitude, right? Yeah. Except it's like, well, did we plan something first? And no, then, no, 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 no plans. Yeah. No plans. <laughs> Just, <laughs> and well, this is the Icelandic mentality in, in a nutshell, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. I've been working with Icelandic people for almost two years now, and I'm just like, wow, I'm very New York, obviously, right? Because I'm like, we have to make this organization, we have to do this, and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, that, 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 that's going to be fun. <laughs> what? But that's a good one. Um, and I appreciate you coming to sit down with me to chat about this. It's been a fascinating conversation. Very helpful, at least to kind of, you know, give people more information about birds in Iceland and I'm sure people want to learn more which they can in some of the show notes that I'll provide so thank you very much thank you it was a pleasure